It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Halkren. Today, we will talk a little video strategy. When do you do it? How do you do it? And what gets you started? It's right now on the Everything is Marketing podcast. Marketers ruin everything. Welcome to the Everything is Marketing podcast. What I don't want to do is to pretend this is show number one. What would the hero of your life's movie do right now? Do that. Do those things. It is the Everything is Marketing podcast. My name is Eric Hulkern, Director of Marketing here at MLive. And uh, I would say the number two most requested topic that people want to talk about, uh, Chad Annas, is video, which is, of course, why you're here. Chad is a, a digital strategy manager here at MLive who specializes in the world of video. And we, you, know, you saw it happening in 2015, and now it feels, Chad, like it's an undeniability, much like mobile. Like if you're not doing video or thinking about doing video, your head is likely in the wrong space right now. Oh, exactly. I mean, if you're not on board with doing video right now, you've got to get on board. Um, really, the, the, you know, there's a couple of big reasons why. One, obviously, is that you know, there's more online video being consumed now, and that's one of the biggest growth areas for the internet in general. But also, you know, I, I look at it from a standpoint as being, you know, for, for a lot of our traditional type advertisers that are out there that do a lot of TV and so on and so forth, with this being an election year, it's going to be extremely challenging for advertisers that have been doing TV for a long time to buy space come third quarter because of all the election advertising that's going on. Never mind the Olympics, right? Like, and, forget about it in August. Yeah, exactly. August is a no-go. And, <laughs> sep- and September, October is going to be a close to a no-go. So, you know, those advertisers have to consider how they're going to reach their audience. And, and the only way to do it is the online video. And so, you, you know, um, one of the things that, that when I meet with clients is their first hesitation is how do you start? And then, then more importantly, how do I, like, how do I measure it? Mm-hmm. And you saw two weeks ago, Instagram is finally giving you a view count so you can sort of see a little bit better of what's happening there. But uh, talk to me about some of the places people should start a, uh, injecting this video strategy once they figure out how to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I would say, you know, obviously the first one that you kind of comes to mind for everybody is always YouTube. Sure. Uh, you know, YouTube is, ob- you know, the largest platform of online video out there. More on a video is being consumed on mobily on YouTube than almost any other place, you know, out there. So I, I think obviously, you know, YouTube is somewhere we got to think about starting that place, but that's by no means the only avenue to get a video out there in front of the audience that that's available. So we utilize a number of different network partners where we have the opportunity to place video on hundreds of different websites, uh, as well as MLive being one of those websites where we're generating a lot of and cultivating a lot of unique content of our own. And so I, I think the, the, biggest takeaway I could say to anybody that's considering doing an online video campaign is don't just look at a single source. Because if you're utilizing just one source, you're limiting the audience that you're talking to. Sure. And and so what are some of the, um, you know, you and I talked a little bit before the podcast started mm-hmm. about this, this idea of content, because step yep. one is, you know, admitting you have a problem, you have not started a video <laughs> uh, platform. And step two is like, what the hell do I do? Like, where do I start? How do I build a story? How do I tell a story? And how do I connect? And then not being paralyzed by the comparisons that you made a minute ago between video on YouTube and TV. Yes. You know, because the thing about YouTube, which you're an expert in, is you can pick, it's not, 
you're not going on NBC. You're picking the audience. Right. People, you're wearing a red. We're not doing TV today, but you're wearing a red sweater. <laughs> yes, I'm picking people, males that wear red sweaters to work and playing a video for them, which is way different than what you're doing on traditional mediums. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I you know, the cons- the creative strategy that you utilize in video has to be very much different because that's a one to one relationship you've got going with the audience out there, and you've exact essentially picked the person you want to talk to. So. Regardless of who you're talking to, I mean, I would say in, not, in most campaigns, I would recommending having multiple different video messages going across at the same time, be talking to all the different audiences out there, how they want to be talked to individually, not just trying to mass produce one, you know, 30 second spot or two minute video or whatever that is, is trying to be all things to all people like you see a lot in traditional television. And that because that strategy just won't connect. I mean, when you when you think about video and this for me has always been a passion project because I I go back to when Mm -hmm. YouTube started and then do some research and know that YouTube doesn't exist essentially without the porn industry, which which and people laugh. Right. Right. But but they pioneered the usage of broadband and why we're here today. So as YouTube blows up. People get to it, and and some people who got in early have exploded and made billions of dollars doing stuff. And and you hear some old school marketers be like, "I can't believe there's guys on YouTube making millions of dollars playing Call of Duty." Those people should be scared to death of Twitch because they're making more money on Twitch doing you know even a more yeah. targeted version right. of YouTube just for gamers. So, what are some of your favorite places when you're talking about putting it in multiple places mm-hmm. like? And I, I'm not asking for specifics because it's not very fair, but like yep. you might have some places that you really like to put campaigns into. What are some places you like to start? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think from a, a standpoint, first thing you've got to consider is what's your video strategy on your own website? Because websites that have video content on them generally get about 88% more engagement than websites without video. So any sort of video that you're going to do before you would even market it on a YouTube or put it somewhere else, you need to make sure you're leveraging the value of that content for your own website. Uh, Secondly, then I would look at, you know, uh, some of my my favorite places. I mean, I mean, I'm a big YouTube consumer. Sure. I mean, I, I I view a lot of videos on YouTube, but I'm also very much into sports. So I mean, I'm out there, you know, Bleacher Report and and other different, you know, not even the big websites that you would think of like ESPN or Fox Sports or or those. I'm in some of more of the niche ones, fan sided Bleacher Report websites Deadspin, like those sort of like yeah, Deadspin right. websites like that. I, I generate I, I use a lot of or I consume a lot of video on those websites as well. So, you know, if you're going to try to reach me with me being your desired audience, the the middle-aged man in a red sweater, you know, you've got to really consider that when you, where you're putting your message out there. So you have to be able to, to utilize a platform that can reach all of those people in all of those different places. So, you know, we have a couple of vendors, you know, one being live rail, one being tube mogul that allows us to generate uh, that audience specifically with the data that we have on hand and able to reach those people specifically. So when do you make the pivot between putting out a piece of content and just for an example, using TrueView on, on YouTube, like when do you decide that you're going to put an ad in front of a video of your content mm-hmm. a, as opposed to just putting the content out at, by itself as a standalone? Yeah, I mean, I I, th- I guess it would matter mostly in, in like from a marketing standpoint, what you're trying to accomplish. To me, a video like an online video on your website is probably going to be more educational, informational, things like that. 
where if you're going to do a, a, a pre-roll spot where you're trying to get a video in front of a video wherever somewhere is consuming it, you're trying to get that person to do something, take a desired action. Take an action, yeah. You know, whether it be visit your website, whether it be walk through your front door, whether it be, you know, order something online or, you know, pick up a phone and give you a call. You're trying to create some sort of uh, residual action from that video being shown in front of that other video that's out there versus on, on a website video that's that's housed on your own website is usually going to be more informational resource or you know resource driven things like that very cool okay so we're talking a little bit about how to do this and where to do this um let's let's look out a little bit further Mm -hmm. where do you see this going i mean microsoft just made the announcement this morning that the hololens will be in people's hands for developers to play around with in literally 72 hours Mm -hmm. Uh, oculus rift will be out by the end of march so that'll be on the market and being consumed and i i know lots of people see that and go oh virtual reality is here and they you know they're not really paying attention to the innovation curve so right slow your roll yeah but you know what do you when you look at that and you think about 360 video and you talk about mobile consumption on youtube versus instagram versus Facebook versus Snapchat. What do you think is coming next for the marketer in in the video space? I mean, I I think, you know, the space is becoming more and more. You, you just went through all the different avenues. The the space is. (laughs) And that's not even all of them. Yeah. The space (laughs) is becoming more and more fragmented. So I think, you know, one thing I think you've got to really pay attention to is where the audiences and who are those audiences are in those particular avenues. I mean, I think we can all agree that a lot of the social networks have really kind of honed in on specific audiences while there may be millions upon millions of people that are members of those social networks. You know, the the the, the common day-to-day users of those networks tend to be driven by certain demographics. So I think you need to pay attention to where your audience is at. So I, I feel like, you know, it's definitely moving much more to the mobile environment, like you said. Um, that's always going to continue as far as getting that, that message into your pocket and, and being on the go with them. And also I think, you know, uh, the 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 technology that's available with video I, I really don't know you know the virtual reality to your to your point i do believe is probably out there a little bit yet sure but but i mean i th- i think that's where it's going i mean that that's really the the more real the 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 more real the message feels I think in the long run, that's where people are going to consume it the most. Because it feels to me before we get to virtual reality, right? And, and you saw it in a failed experiment in Google Glass that it mm-hmm. just people weren't ready for that. Yep. Um, but it feels to me we're going we're gonna to take a brief stop at the phones becoming augmented reality. The idea being that messages will pop up in your own video screen yep. uh, and will give you notifications. And you've seen demos of this over the last five years, but it's never really caught on for whatever reason right Right. like there aren't a lot of people using augmented reality but it feels to me that that's the natural first stop before we're wearing and i don't think it's going to be helmets when we do it but like before we wear these weird helmets yeah and walk around in that weird facebook photo that they put up where zuckerberg's in the auditorium where they're all using the samsung vr and they look like an army of (laughs) vr robots Uh, i think before we get there that augmented reality will probably be first right i would agree yes definitely and i think you know Especially, and I even look at it, you know, I even look at things like automobiles and things like that, where where video is really taking over and not just, you know, heads up displays and how that all is being integrated into our everyday, uh, you know, technology that we use, not just through a phone, but through an automobile, through a, you know, a tablet or whatever that device is that that next in, in, you know, I mean, I heard, you know, 
Apple is going to make the, go back to making the iPhone smaller because people don't want the big iPhone anymore. So, I mean, what what old is whatever is old is new again type <laughs> right. scenario. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I I feel like it's it's still kind of feeling itself out. I think whatever that that thing is that makes our lives easier and makes us more connected with whatever that information we want to be connected with is really where the avenue that it's going to be successful. Well, and what I think, and again, to speak to your expertise, why I think that augmented reality is kind of the sweet spot right now is because when you talk about targeting, it's not that there's this narrative out there that people don't want ads. Mm -hmm. That's not it at all, right? Like they they want ads that help them save time, save money, or discover something that they wouldn't discover on their own that they would love, Actually, right? Absolutely, yeah. The People complain about bad ads. Sure, of course ads they do. ads that don't mean anything Absolutely. So what I mean is, you know, with all the targeting that you guys are able to do, mm-hmm. the idea of me walking down the street and the phone going, hey, uh, take a look at this. There's a, you love sushi. Here's two for one sushi in this restaurant you didn't even know existed. Right. Um, feels like from an visual medium that that's probably combining digital targeted ads with a visual medium before we get to virtual reality just to me seems like the yeah thing. I, I would say absolutely that would be the case i mean i think you know everybody or a lot of a lot of marketers out there especially they understand the fact that you know how we use utilize data to target you with digital ads and banner assist ads you and we like assist, assist you we're you. assisting okay. you in discovering products but i but i don't think they understand that th- that same technology that same data given given the right partner you can utilize that same stuff for for video marketing sure so i, it, I that's where really i believe you know we need to pay attention to where things are going because the message is so much more powerful than just a, a static image that's put in front of somebody's face. If you can tell a story, if you can create an emotional connection via video with whatever brand or whatever event or whatever anything widget you're trying to to get the message across about, that's how you're gonna that's how you're gonna win in the marketing space moving forward. It's not just about how many times you can talk to buddy to somebody. It's got to be an emotional connection, which video affords you. So you you've said one to one a couple of times. So I wanna I wanna kind of nail you down on, on mm-hmm. that statement. If I'm starting a video strategy, mm-hmm. would you recommend it being me or somebody like me on the camera as opposed to objects to make that one to one? You know, so as as people are scrolling by, are they drawn more to the human face, or are they drawn more to things like whatever uh, a basketball or a car or a concert venue or whatever? Yeah, typically, they're drawn more to a person. You know, I, I think if that person can tell the story from a from a first person perspective or t- or whatever that message is, I, I think that becomes a more stronger, more emotional statement than just uh, an image of you're trying to sell a car and here's a car. Sure. You know, I mean, there's a reason they put M- Matthew McConaughey in all the, the Lincoln ads right. because they're trying to they're trying to sell a certain emotion there. Um, so it. it you know, I look at it from that standpoint. So I think if you have that that resource or that that availability to be able to do that from a from a video standpoint, where you're comfortable in that space, it, it, it needs to be good. Though it can't, it, I don't, I don't think you can just do it just because and expect it to work. And sure, you need, you need to really consider: is this natural? Does this look good? Does what's the message? Who am I trying to talk to? And and make sure that's all on target first before I say, okay, if I just put myself in front of a, vi- a camera and I and I say what I'm trying to do and it's monotone and it doesn't get anybody excited and I don't even ex- sound excited about my own message, then that's not going to sell anybody anything. All right, Chad Annis is joining us from the M Live Media Group. Chad, if people want to ask you questions, where's your what's your preferred place to find you? Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, you can just search me on LinkedIn, Chad Annis. Uh, 
M Live Media Group, um, or you can look me up on Facebook. I'm on there as well. So, uh, or you can email me at chadannis at mlive.com. Awesome. Thank you, man. Yep. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast. We will be back tomorrow. As always, you can get a hold of me, Eric, at mlive.com. It's the Everything is Marketing podcast.